of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. I know you have questions. You want to know about the pigs, right? Why are there swine and swine herds in a place where they're not supposed to eat pork? Well, they're not. Here's what I mean. In two weeks, I'm going to wake up on the shores of the Sea of Galilee, beautiful Tiberias, a good Israeli town on the west side of the Sea of Galilee, and I'm going to look across to the east side and to the south a little bit, but mostly east. There are these enormous hills, cliffs that run right down into the lake, and that is the area of the Gerasenes. And in Jesus' time, that was Gentile territory. So the Jews lived to the west of Galilee, to the east, pork-eating pagans. And uh, those non-Jews, just like us, know, absolutely know, everything tastes better with bacon. <laughs> this is one way in which Luke, in his gospel, is trying to show, as he does throughout, that Jesus is for absolutely everybody. He's not there just for the religious establishment. He's there for common people. He's not there just for men. He's there for women also. Luke is always trying to point out that Jesus is there for people who are on the margins, for Jews as well as pig-eating pagans. So he goes to their town. He does his work. And then we get to the more interesting question I have with this passage. Why, after doing such a good thing for a man possessed, does everybody want Jesus to leave town? Then the people of the surrounding country of the Gerasenes asked Jesus to leave them, for they were seized with a great fear. Did you catch that when we read it? And that's actually the second time that fear is mentioned before it says this. Then people came out to see what had happened, and when they had come to Jesus, they found uh, the man from whom the demons had gone sitting at the feet of Jesus, clothed and in his right mind, and they were afraid. So, picture the scene. They're not afraid when the man is possessed and naked and living in a cemetery, sometimes chained up so that he doesn't cause more problems. But they are afraid when he is sane and cleaned up and clothed. Why? Well, one answer might be this. It's the economy, stupid. Who said that? James Carville, I think. They cared more about the pigs than a human being, than a person. Because when the pigs took the plunge, the economy just tanked, right? A lot of money was lost. Besides Jesus taking pulled pork off the menu, he messed with a multi-family business. And maybe other merchants in town thought, are we next? Is he going to screw up? Everybody's livelihood? Maybe there were people who preferred their wealth, their standard of living, 
their life in general over and above the health of a man who just got well. Question is, do we? I know you're not going to believe me when I say this, but there are actually Christians in our world who could tithe, but they don't. Astounding. Maybe that's a scary thing. Maybe it's really kind of scary to trust Jesus with your money. Right? Or feel like you have to take care of yourself and store it away or put it in a 401k or whatever it is. But maybe Jesus causes a little anxiety or a little fear when we uh, walk with him. You know, using what we have, not just for our own comforts, but for others. Maybe that gets a little close and we want to say, hey, hey Jesus, um, go to another village. Talk to somebody else. But, you know, you really can't read the Gospels without seeing that Jesus' values challenge us to put all of our values in order. I mean, especially when it comes to money. Jesus is clear that we should not be possessed by our possessions. What we have is for sharing with everybody, taking care not only of ourselves, but others. And sometimes we read that, we say... Hey, it's a little too close. You're getting in my backyard, Jesus. Take it to the next town. Maybe, um, maybe it was less specific than that. Maybe it wasn't the economy for everybody. Maybe it's just that some people fear change in general, right? We uh, learn about family systems when we're preparing for ordination. Deacon Cripps and I... uh, We learn how families work. They uh, say families are like a mobile, you know, one of those little things above the playpen, different strings hanging down. And, you know, the thing is, if you pull one of those strings down, it makes all the mobile move and adjust and rock back and forth. And families are like that, right? uh, We're all kind of related to each other, and we learn uh, how the system works, and we learn how to, um, you know, maybe tiptoe around dad, Maybe how to say the right thing to manipulate mom. How best to deal with or not deal with sister or brother. And, and it works. It may be completely dysfunctional. <laughs> it may be extremely sick, neurotic. But it's normal. And it's comfortable. And so we stay in the system. You know, sometimes the values of the gospel, the teaching of Jesus comes into a system and we learn, like, we don't need to be bound in the ways we are bound, right? We can take our primary identity, our relationship from our Father in heaven that adjusts all the way we relate to other people, not reactive, but proactive, and all of a sudden everybody gets nervous because the system is changing. Things aren't running as normal. Change, even change into health, can be extremely scary for people. And if uh, Jesus is involved, then we might say, well, that person is just a little uh, too, uh, you know, drunk on religion at this point. Maybe uh, they should take that to another family, not ours. This is how we run. Maybe what they're afraid of isn't more social or familial. Maybe it's deeply personal. You know, I talked uh, a couple weeks ago on Pentecost about being in New York City, and I was 
uh, at a certain establishment and met someone who was three sheets uh, to the wind by about 10.30 in the morning. Remember that? And I told him, man, do you know how much God loves you? And remember his words to me? Shut up! He didn't want to hear it. It sounded like he was a little afraid. Why would he be afraid of the love of God? Unless the love of God meant maybe the health God wants for you in his love is to be sober, right? Or maybe getting sober means you're going to have to face you know, the pain that is actually causing you to kind of medicate and numb your feelings and deal with your wounds in an unhealthy way. Sometimes people do really want Jesus to leave them alone, to get out of town. What are you afraid of? But you're afraid of something. Maybe a more specific question is, are you afraid of uh, Jesus? Are you afraid of what a new life or a better life or a more loving life or a less judgmental life? Or a more healthy life might look like, lived in him, might require some changes that are scary to make. I think the bottom line in this passage we hear today about the man of the Gerasenes is that Jesus is so good. I mean, do you know how much goodness it would take to overcome a legion of evil? Legions, by the way, a Roman legion was 6,000. So this man wasn't just uh, possessed. He was like a black hole of darkness. And Jesus walks into that with the light of his love. And all of a sudden, the man is well, and he's clothed, and he's in his right mind. And he's sitting at Jesus' feet, wanting to learn more. Because now everything has changed. Actually, it's that love and that light that has cast out all fear for that man while the rest of the town is afraid. The point is, is Jesus is only light and only love and only goodness. And the only changes he wants for us are for our good, for our joy, for our peace, and for our sanity. So in answering that question about fear, that one, maybe you could bring it up today. You know, we come to the altar rail week by week. Most of the times our hands are empty, right? Across the altar rail, ready to receive something. Maybe your cans can be full of something today, full of your fear. Something you fear, someone you fear. Maybe even it's God that you fear. And what you'll see is you can hand your fear over to you, and Jesus will give you his whole life, his grace, his love, his body, and his blood to cast out that fear and strengthen you and lead you into the growth that you need for your life and for your sanity this morning and tomorrow and throughout the week. In the name of the Father and of the Son, Spirit.